Today is Monday, February 20th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. President Biden makes a surprise visit to Ukraine. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend, email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Get a few things checked off on your Monday. You'll feel good. We're getting through the news of the cray here. CBN's Billy Hallowell and Tregons Phillips. Joining me now, as always, to help get through it. What's going on, fellas? Happy Monday. Well, it's happy. I'm only on cup number one of coffee, but I'm making my way. <laughs> what a morning. What a start to the to the week. And it's a holiday, too. Yeah. But, but we're, we're here. here. Yep. We're, <laughs> see? It's a holiday for everyone but us. We care no, about... people are working today. Yeah, well, we care about you, the listener. We're, we want to be here for you. And so we power through on the holidays. Moving on.com. What do we have coming up on the pod today, fellas? We're going to be talking about this um, this priest, this bishop, an auxiliary bishop out in California who was shot dead, and it's shocking an entire community. Mm. Yeah, very tragic there. Um, that'll be coming up. Also, we have uh, on the main thing today, child labor. Once a problem, obviously, in the early 1900s, everyone thought it was a thing in the past, but apparently there's new concerns as more companies are trying to incorporate younger workers into their um, workforce there. And Madison Seals has more details on that. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And President Biden arrived in Ukraine's capital, Kiev, early today. It's a surprise visit. It's been just about a year since Russia launched its invasion of Ukraine. And Biden met with Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky. The trip's the first time that Biden's made it to Ukraine since this war began about a year ago. Biden was expected to visit Poland today to mark the one-year anniversary since the war began. And Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, announced over the weekend they're going to be testing out a monthly subscription service. This is so you can get a blue check on Facebook. The move is aimed at, quote, Increasing authenticity and security across our services. This is according to Mark Zuckerberg, who wrote in a Facebook post that no one saw. Former President Jimmy Carter is 98 years old, and he's the longest living American president. He's entered hospice care in Plains, Georgia. This is according to a statement from the Carter Center over the weekend. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. Obviously praying for uh, Jimmy Carter there. Um, you know, he's lived a good, long life. You know, politics aside, he's, he's a kind man, does a lot of, he just seems like a down-to-earth guy for, for a president. I saw a clip of him going viral over the weekend of him just flying commercial and greeting everyone on the plane. That just seemed like the type of guy he is. Yeah, and flying commercial really is um, a selfless thing for a lot of these people. No, torture. <laughs> yeah, tor it's torture. But, you know, when you could, when you were a former president, you could be doing anything. You know, Doing that, I think. And, look, he's built houses for people over the years. He spent most of his time doing those kind things. Like you said, politics aside and disagreement over theology, because I know people will bring these yeah, things up. Yeah, sure. Um, he's, he's someone who's done a, a fair amount for others in need. I mean, not only is he, has he built houses over the years, he's built houses over the years in his 90s, which is, you know, that he's yeah. still assisting uh, assisting Habitat for Humanity projects in his late 80s and, and early 90s is just incredible. No matter what level of, of work, obviously, at his age, he's actually doing. The fact that he's willing to go there and to, to be kind of a photo op, too, that, you know, just to draw attention to a charity that's doing really good 
really good work is cool because he's a former president. He could be doing absolutely whatever he wants to do. Right. Uh, but that he's giving of himself, I think, uh, in such a such a cool way is is uh, is awesome. And it's nice to see a politician who's as willing to 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 do that kind of yeah. do that kind of stuff because I don't think we see that many people in celebrity culture uh, now in American culture who are willing to to use their clout and use their platform for something good instead of just drawing more attention to themselves. Right. Absolutely. And um, I want to get your guys' reaction to uh, Facebook looking at charging users. What do you guys think of that? Well, I think uh, you can thank Elon Musk for this because I, in my view, I feel like he has launched this whole subscription model thing that everybody, well, me, was scoffing at. And now I think I think you're seeing um, other companies want to do the same thing. I could be wrong about that, but I do wonder if he has sort of opened the door to this sort of thing. I mean, okay, so social media has kind of become a necessary evil in our day and age, but it still to me feels like I'm paying for access to a trash can. Like I don't need to pay a subscription service or subscription fee to get into. Right. I, I can't imagine that that a great deal of Americans are going to jump on board to think, oh, wow, I can get an extra tier uh, of, yeah. of absolute junk uh, if i <laughs> if i subscribe yeah. i don't know i i can't imagine it being an easy sell unless no. you're paying for reach which they could i mean look oh, they, you know how they are with reach that, 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 that yes. works really great that works really great by the way i mean look as a, as a media company and you know we all have to use these things these uh outlets to reach people i facebook is borderline um a ponzi scheme it's like they they ask for money to build to build awareness, you know, you market your your brand, and then people follow your brand, and then they don't let any of the content go anywhere for the most part. It's so ridiculous. Um, it seems illegal, definitely unethical. But like you said, Trey, it. I mean, Instagram, I guess, is still. I'm not on Instagram, but Instagram is apparently more popular. But Facebook, the only thing I use it for at this point, literally, is for photo memories because I've. Over you know maybe a couple times a, you know once a month I might throw a photo up there that I want to remember of my family and then it'll Facebook will remind me in a few years and it'll pop it up there. That's the only thing I like. It's the absolutely only thing I like on Facebook. It has nothing to. I don't even care what anybody else is posting on there. <laughs> Nobody cares what I'm posting on there. It's yeah. um it's just all it's. I can't believe that anyone would pay for Facebook. I would be shocked well, if this turns I into a thing. Twitter is different enough. because there's new it, Twitter is uh, you get actual like you I mean there's a lot of ridiculousness on Twitter too but there's news that happens on Twitter like they you actually find things out on Twitter where that's not the case on Facebook you just there's just nothing on Facebook <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's going to be awkward when you both sign up it's going to be really awkward <laughs> no. when you both are the first two customers Dad, trust me that ain't happening <laughs> That is not happening. I mean, I'm too cheap, so we know I'm not doing it, but I'm just saying, you know. There's I was just going to say there's plenty of memes on Facebook, which that that to me is worth it. But I don't need to pay for it. No. I'll just get you know, enough memes uh, at, at the at the base level, at the free the right. cheap I'm in the cheap seats and I'm happy with that. I get enough memes. Yeah. I don't you need don't, uh You don't need to I pay. don't need more. No, you don't need to pay. I mean, it's going to be no different if you pay. You just get a blue check. That's the only difference which right. means nothing on Facebook. Doesn't mean anything on Twitter either. Um, but I digress. Let's move on to our next story here. And tragedy has struck a Los Angeles community after the death of a beloved priest. So what happened here? 
Oh, yeah. This is really a tragic story, and we don't have a ton of details, but here's what we do know. Um, The Los Angeles community was really stunned over the weekend on Saturday. Um, Auxiliary Bishop David O'Connell was found dead by police. He allegedly had a gunshot wound to his torso, and this is in the Hacienda Heights neighborhood. Again, on Saturday around 1 p.m., was pronounced dead on the scene. He was a 69-year-old auxiliary priest there in the diocese and really beloved. And of course, everybody is, is stunned and shocked because this is somebody who they knew, a faith leader there. And, you know, it, it's just, it's it's heartbreaking when these things happen, but it seems like we're seeing an increase of these faith leaders who are being, who are being killed. Mm, yeah. Very troubling. What do we, what do we know about this priest? this particular priest, their background. Yeah, so so 69 years old, as I mentioned, he's a native of Ireland, and he's been a priest for more than four decades. He's done a lot of work, apparently, with bridge building in the community. Um, he was known for helping the poor. Uh, that was something that came up with almost everybody who was reflecting on his life, um, helping immigrants, and you know, just from what we know, somebody, again, who was beloved in the community, he became a priest in 1979, and then became an auxiliary bishop in 2015. Before that, he had served in a number of Los Angeles churches um, as a priest. And I think a testament to his life, which is kind of interesting, there were hundreds of people showing up at his home for a prayer vigil um, over the weekend and just gathering and praying and trying to understand what happened here because the police initially said this was suspicious, but they are now investigating this as a homicide. Mm. Wow. Very sad. Very troubling indeed. How uh, how should we be praying for um, this their family and and uh, those impacted in this community? I think I think one one big step, obviously, praying for those who are struggling, former parishioners, friends, loved ones, people that he you know worked with. I think praying for the police on this. One of the things that I found really interesting is that the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department put out a statement. And it was actually a really heartfelt statement. Again, you don't always see these these things from police, but they said, you know, we can only imagine how the community is suffering because of this senseless murder. So they are calling it a murder. Um, Bishop, Bishop O'Connell was a guiding light for so many, and his legacy will continue to live on. They then went on to say, our thoughts and prayers are with you, telling people they're not alone if they're struggling with this. So I think they recognize the gravity of this for the community there. Um, so praying for the authorities as they're investigating this to find the people or the person responsible. Mm, yeah, it just seems so senseless. I mean, as many of these um, shootings are, you know, just uh, born out of some kind of sin, whether it's greed of stealing or uh, just anger or fits of rage. Um, it's just it's just sad to see something like this play out. And it's just unfortunately is more and more common uh, in America today. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's heartbreaking whenever a situation like this unfolds. And I think a lot of it is. I mean, obviously, people are responsible for their actions, right? right. But I, I think also we've created this culture and this climate where Christians are often the other, and they need to be ostracized, and and they're the fringe. So I think the more we demonize Christians, the more common this behavior becomes, because I think it, it ends up being kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So these people who already are prone to violence and are going to act out uh, in their own sinfulness, I think, feel justified, because... Well, look, look how bad the Christians are. I think we're just seeing more and more uh, of that kind of mentality uh, feed into this kind of just awful 
you know, inexcusable behavior. I mean, we there was a time in our culture where even the most hardened of gangsters would look at a man of the cloth and have some respect and have, you know, they would realize it and they would recognize there that there was something there that was different that needed to be respected. And that maybe that's going away. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw this with there was a pastor last year who we covered who was murdered again in California. You know, I think you you almost assume, you know, faith is something you're not going to touch generally. We see that in other countries. Mm -hmm. Right. And we don't know the motivation or what happened here. But but that you were like you were just saying, Dan, there's something different here. Right. So if you're in a gang or you're doing some sort of criminal activity, you're going to leave the faith leaders alone because that's a special category. Right. Of people. I, I, I don't know. I mean. It just seems like we're seeing more of these, regardless of what the motivation is, that you would just think somebody would pause and say, that's a faith leader. I'm not going to do that. But yet here we are. Yeah, here we are. And we definitely need to be praying for for this family and for this community and also also for our country, just the the, the violence that people are prone to now. And like you said, there's there's no restraints on even that, even where, you know, there were once restraints, it seems to be you know, shrinking and shrinking the times where people who are prone to violence are even willing to, to restrict that. So definitely need to be praying for that in our country. Uh, but appreciate you bringing that story. So we're aware we're going to move to the main thing right now. And child labor laws, they were I mean, established back in the early 1900s and kids were working in factories and things like that. It seemed like we'd kind of moved on from that. Um, it seems like something of the past, but now apparently there are some businesses getting caught compromising on having kids in the workplace and not making it safe for them. Well, Madison Seals has more on that story on today's main thing. In the year 2023, there's not much news that can surprise us. But here's something you probably didn't think that we'd be talking about in the 21st century, and that's child labor laws. The Department of Labor issued a press release in July of 2022 noting that child labor violations and investigations have increased since 2015, which is partially due to accidents and hazardous conditions on job sites involving young teens. Here to discuss is Marcy Goldstein-Gelb, co-executive director of the National Council for Occupational Safety and Health. Marcy, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Madison. Before we get into this issue, many probably aren't familiar with current laws in place. I mean, this hasn't been an issue for about a century now. So I want to note that child labor laws ensure that when young people work, the work is safe and does not jeopardize their health, well-being, or educational opportunities. Can you talk a little bit about why child labor laws were originally put into place? Well, it's well known that young people, well, in general, actually, anybody who's new to the workforce has a greater chance of getting injured or harmed by way of the fact that they're new. But with a younger person in particular, there's multiple factors that put them at greater risk. There's sort of physical development, there's emotional development, there's the eagerness to want to say yes uh, because a boss is telling you and it's your first job and you want to do a good job. And so there's a lot of vulnerabilities um, and a lot of ramifications. You know, someone getting physically injured or killed, you know, when they're just getting started, you know, it's it's a pretty devastating thought. And so that was recognized that young people were being brought into the the labor force too young an age, working jobs that were hazardous, and as a result, were getting injured and killed at rates way above uh, those of adults. And in fact, even to this day, 
young people have far higher rates of uh, serious uh, injuries compared to adults. In fact, you know, those young people, 15 to 24 year old, have 1.2 to 2.3 times the rate of adults. Uh, so, you know, it's it's really well recognized that that there's a, a strong need to ensure that young people can work and be productive, but at the same time to make sure it's done in a safe way. Right. I mentioned the Department of Labor issued a press release last year noting that child labor law violations and investigations had increased with a 37% increase in 2022 alone, and that includes about 688 children that were working in hazardous conditions. What are some of the reasons do you think that we're seeing this increase? I mean, we're we're seeing just the most egregious abuses of um, labor law and putting young people in harm's way. We're seeing auto supply companies that have been found employing very young people in dangerous jobs, migrant children, potentially labor trafficking of children. So, you know, there there's the excuse and the rationale that, well, we need more people to be working and therefore we're just going to do whatever we can to get people working and therefore you know, young people, those who are the most vulnerable, and especially those if you're if you're an immigrant or a migrant, then you are not able to speak up for your rights because you have great risks if you do so. And so we're seeing a rise in really shocking behavior by employers and the really great need for the federal government, which, you know, is, seems to be stepping in. But that's something that states should be doing as well, meaning strengthening their child labor enforcement and certainly not weakening it. Right. Yeah. You mentioned several investigations that involved the use of child labor in car manufacturing supply chains. And there was also some meatpacking plants in Nebraska and Minnesota that were not following these child labor laws. I mean, that just shows it's not just children working behind the counter in a McDonald's or a coffee shop, but these are some dangerous positions that these children are placed in and working in. But it's not even just private companies working around these labor laws. There's legislative efforts as well that have been introduced in several states to roll back child labor protections. Iowa, Ohio, Minnesota, and Wisconsin legislators introduced bills to expand working hours for 14- and 15-year-olds. And even in Ohio and Minnesota, they included a provision to let 14-and-a-half-year-olds get a special driver's license, which not only could be dangerous for the 14-year-old, but also to other drivers on the road. Marcy, you worked with families and coworkers of young people who actually died on the job. So you know how dangerous the workplace can be for children. What are your major concerns with rolling child labor laws back? Yeah, it's the moms in this case that I that I had the tragic situation of meeting. One mom had her son who against the the Massachusetts child labor laws had him um, working with a golf cart, which sounds like it's a it's a little bicycle, but it's not. It's it's a motor vehicle, and it's very difficult to operate. Again, against the child labor laws, and tragically he was killed. And as a response, and this really resonates with what's happening today, as a response to his death, the Country Club Association went to the legislature and ask them to change the child labor laws to make it legal for a young person to operate a golf cart. So after a young person dies, instead of looking to strengthen and protect young people so that never happens again, instead they went ahead and pushed to to weaken the child labor laws to make it legal to avoid liability. And as a result, 
that legislation passed and in Massachusetts it became legal to operate a golf cart knowing that a young person was killed. Well, similarly, if you look at the Iowa law, there's a language in it that uh, exempts businesses from liability from the harm that young people will experience as a result of weakening the child labor laws. So we're seeing just such an egregious response to these situations. Instead of ensuring that young people are protected, some legislatures are being pushed by um, big employers and associations to weaken the child labor laws and knowing that they're gonna put children in harm's way, even putting measures in place that exempt them from any responsibility when they themselves are the ones putting young people in a situation where they could be injured or killed. And I think many can see the dangerous side of changing labor laws, especially when these laws are protecting vulnerable children who don't necessarily know how to protect themselves yet. But do you think that there's any room for reform of some of these laws when we consider the innovation and technology and how much more streamlined work can be now versus when the laws were written? I think that, um, you know, basically what the legislature should be doing is looking to agencies like NIOSH, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, and other agencies that have expertise in researching worker safety and health and can do studies to determine what is safe and what is not safe. And based on the experts, that's how legislation should be developed. It shouldn't be developed haphazardly based on a company saying, I want to um, expand young people into my marketplace because I'm not willing to pay adults the wages and benefits that they need for a family sustaining job. So I've got to turn to young people who are desperate for work and and put them at risk. So there's a there's a right way to do it. Certainly, if you want to update your your hazardous occupations and industries, do that by bringing in experts to look at what in the 21st century is dangerous and safe. Look at the data. Um, there's plenty of data to show where young people are getting injured and killed, and that's that's how you should be shaping your legislation. Yeah, absolutely, because there is definitely more than one issue here, both on the economic side of things and the health and safety of young people who are also trying to earn a living wage. But the health and safety, you know, as you've talked about, is of utmost importance. Marcy, that's about all we have time for today. But thank you for joining me today and for breaking down this important topic for us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Madison. All right, Madison, thanks for that conversation there. That leaves us with time today for one last thing. So we're going to look at Mark 127, and this is describing right after Jesus drives out the unclean spirit uh, in his earthly ministry. It says, amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority, even evil spirits obey his orders. It's great to look at the power Jesus had and to think that, hey, this was real, and this was his proof that he was who he says he was. Yeah, and that, and that's the, the piece that I think we have in our faith and understanding these things and reflecting on them. And I love that we get to do this every morning, inspiring people along the way. Pointing people to Jesus. Hopefully that's what happens here uh, on the podcast and on CBN uh, overall. So appreciate you being here on a Monday. Got that kicked off. Your week hopefully is off to a great start. And we'll be praying for you as we always do. You have a fantastic week. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise, we're going to be back here tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. We'll see you then.